Well, hello. <clears throat> Welcome to the latest episode of the Comedy Nerdcast. <coughs> I'm your host, Matthew Patrick Berry. Now, if you've been enjoying the podcast, and we hope you have, please take the time to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And please take a moment to leave us a five-star review on Apple. It helps us to show up more frequently in searches and helps us to keep providing quality programming like the show you're about to listen to. And now, on with the cast. And today's episode is all about weed. Marijuana use in the United States first fell into wider favor in the post-Civil War years after hemp production slowed down due to the increasing availability of cotton and as the country's social and cultural structure began to change. By the turn of the century, cannabis enjoyed a reputation among traveling musicians and other artists for both its calming emotional effects and its ability to relax the user in such a way that it allowed for a more uninhibited creativity to flow. And its mild hallucinogenic effects also facilitated a more enjoyable experience for consumers of pop culture. Now, in the 1930s, successful efforts by the government to criminalize the herb used blatantly racist straw men and bluntly stupid scare tactics to convince middle Americans that it was a force of evil that could drive even the straightest and most chaste individual to a life of sinful debauchery and reckless abandon after just a few puffs. As time went on, though, its criminalization and associated stigma with the straight world made it an even more popular anti-establishment party favor for Jazz Age Hepcats and the burgeoning counterculture. And as the 50s faded into the 60s, pot became a more and more pronounced influence on popular music and, eventually, on comedy. The first real stoner humor probably originated at some party somewhere where two guys mistook sugar for salt and had a good 90-minute laugh about it. But the first well-known roots of stoner comedy came from the legendary Lenny Bruce. Lenny's laid-back naturalistic delivery and his penchant for jokes that riffed like bebop and offered insights and observations gained through the comedian's recreational smoking produced the first popular instance of comedy that was influenced by pot and that spoke very specifically to a stoned audience. After Lenny came the improv movement, and what began as a very structured offshoot of method acting and classroom theater activities eventually evolved into a countercultural movement in which pot became a catalyst for a more relaxed and creative and less rigidly structured approach to sketch comedy. The influence of this pot-fueled comedy can be seen in television shows like Laugh-In and The Monkees, as well as the increasingly shaggy stand-up work of George Carlin and Robert Klein. But even as the influence of marijuana became ubiquitous in comedy clubs and improvisational theaters across America, it still took Hollywood a good decade to catch up to acknowledging the trend. There had been marijuana use depicted in movies throughout the 60s, usually in teen exploitation and melodramas, reflecting the youth culture's embrace of it and other drugs. And 
There had been some comedies in the 70s that played pot smoking for laughs, like Car Wash and The Groove Tube, but the first actual full-fledged stoner comedy didn't arrive until 1978. When it did, it unleashed a billow of imitators, both in genre and character archetypes. And today, we celebrate the best of those movies that tumbled coughing and giggling from a cloud of smoke. So, pack a tight bowl, slip into a comfy bathrobe, and get fucked up with Comedy Nerdcast Episode 11, the top 10 funniest stoner comedies of, like, all time. Comedy So the thing with stoner comedies is there are like three basic types and the type most commonly thought of when you say the words stoner comedy and the type that by far dominates our list is a movie about characters who are stoners and a plot involving weed and whose sense of humor is aimed at people who are high. And people who've never smoked have this impression that someone high will just sit and laugh at anything and it it doesn't actually have to be funny. Now. Well, there is a state of highness that may find you giggling at stuff that your sober mind would never notice and specifically never notice as amusing. Generally speaking, marijuana relaxes the part of your brain that seeks tangible meaning and structural sense and allows your sense of humor to absorb and enjoy a more absurdist comedy that makes jokes from sillier characters, more surreal situations, and even cartoon violence. So... It's not that stoners just sit and laugh at a bare wall because they're high. It's more that they see the absurdity of the bare wall and can laugh at its meaninglessness. So, when I say these movies indulge in styles of humor that appeal to the high mind, I mean that it's a very specific type of comedy that, like any style, some people are good at writing and creating, and a lot of people aren't. But most of the movies on our list, and indeed most great pop comedies in general, are in this category. Now, the second category of movies is movies that are made by people who are high. And they're not necessarily movies about drugs and don't even acknowledge drug use in any way, but are made by people or feature performers who are super high and create humor from where their mind goes in that state. Now, there are probably way more movies in this category than we actually realize, but there are some where it's just straight historical record that drugs were in use on set and during the creative process. Caddyshack is a good example in this category. And the third category is movies made to appeal to people that are high, that aren't about drugs, but indulge in that absurdist comedy that appeals specifically to high people. Monty Python and Terry Gilliam movies are good examples of this. Um, Wet Hot American Summer and The Strangers with Candy movie fit this category. And so does a lot of what Quentin Tarantino does. These are movies that are designed to be fun to watch while you're high, but have very little, if anything, to do with drugs in any major way in the actual story. But again, the classic definition of stoner comedy is the one we discussed first, and The majority of the choices today on our top 10 list are in that very agreeable category. Most of them, which brings us to another point, which I didn't realize really until recently when I started to research this podcast. And 
By research, I mean I got high and watched a bunch of movies and trying to figure out which ones were best. And what I figured out was most stoner comedies are fucking terrible. High or sober. 90% of them are like the weed you get from that guy you don't normally go to that's mostly seeds and stems and shake and smells like it was smuggled into the U.S. in a box of borax. So what I'm trying to say is there aren't 10 movies that fit the main category that are good enough for the top 10 funniest list. There are eight, but there aren't 10. So in at number 10 is Help, starring the Beatles. And I'm sorry about that. I realize that starting your top 10 funniest stoner comedies list with a movie that never even so much as mentions weed or features a joke about a bong made from household items is going to be an issue for true aficionados. But here's the thing. Well, in fact, here's two things. Other than the additional movies on this list, and you'll hear what those are shortly, you can't name a stoner comedy that's funnier or better than Help, especially when you are high watching it. Because here are some of the movies I've watched uh, in consideration of the list. The Stoned Age. More like The Groaned Age, because I groaned all the way through it. Your Highness. More like your dryness. Because dry weed's no good. I also watched How High with Method and Red Man from the Wu-Tang Clan, which should have been the crush groove of stoner comedies. But it's just crushingly bad. And then there's the truly terrible Detroit Rock City. And not even my nostalgia for my fifth grade kiss obsession could make me think that Detroit Rock City is a good movie. Richard Linklater's got sludge in the bottom of his bong with more artistic credibility than Detroit Rock City. And there's like literally like 30 other movies you've never heard of and don't want to hear of that I've suffered through that did not make the list. So help is number 10. And that's the second thing though. The help is hilarious and mostly because the Beatles are high through the whole movie. A Hard Day's Night was funny because it was clever. It had a great script, edgy direction, and the Beatles are naturally funny at dry humor and smart-ass remarks. Help is only funny because the Beatles stagger and mumble their way through it like four high guys who just sort of wandered into a James Bond film. The plot is disappointingly silly after the droll surrealism of their debut movie. And the direction by Richard Lester, who made the first one, trades the French New Wave cool of the first movie for the splashy big-budget bullshit of a globe-trotting but ultimately toothless spy parody and is much less inspired because of it. Get Smart was edgier than Help. But the Beatles, who in later years were very open about the haze of marijuana that permeated the movie's filming, are its saving grace and gave the world its first big screen stoner com. Racing in at number nine is, dude, where's my car? Okay, so one time in the early 2000s, I wrote this screenplay about a guy who takes acid and has a revelation about the meaning of life, but because he's on acid, he forgets it like 10 seconds later. But word gets out about it on the internet, and soon a cult of worshippers show up and begin to follow him around because even though he doesn't remember what the meaning of life is, he does remember that while he did know, he felt totally content with life and experienced complete and unbridled peace with whatever it was that he knew. 
And then also because it was the early 2000s, I wrote in a bunch of gangsters, spies, and aliens. And then I gave that screenplay to a friend to read because I was the kind of asshole back then who would write a 240-page screenplay about aliens and wisecracking crooks and LSD cults and actually fucking ask someone to read it and tell me what they thought. And when this poor friend of mine gave it back, he said, I liked it. It reminded me of Dude, Where's My Car? So for that reason, that movie is number nine on the list. Okay, so now the real list begins, the top eight. And in at number eight. is Up in Smoke. The one that started it all. It's not Cheech and Chong's best movie, but it's their second best, and has all the hallmarks of the genre that it invented. And the truth is, Cheech and Chong really pioneered true stoner comedy back in the late 60s and early 70s. After comics like Bruce and Carlin brought the herbs influence into the world of stand-up, comedy troops like the Firesign Theater in California became more blatant in their depiction of drug use in their act and more overt in referencing it. But it was Cheech and Chong as a duo hitting the comedy club stages who first made it the central theme of their act. They then parlayed that success in the clubs into becoming recording artists and had a string of hit comedy records featuring breakthrough bits like Dave's Not Here and Sister Mary Elephant. Dave's Not Here! By the time they made their big screen debut in 1978, they were a well-known entity, and the shock value of their act had really transitioned to more of a comfortable expectation. That, though, in no way diminishes the quality of the film itself. It still holds up as really funny comedy, and established an even sillier and more surreal world for the duo to inhabit than their zany stage act or records ever did. Partly to defang the countercultural nature of their personas, and really partly to soften the edges of how much their act basically said weed is harmless, doofy fun and should be decriminalized. They were rendered practically as cartoon characters in their movies and depicted as living in a world about as realistically sound as Wacky Land from the old Porky Pig cartoons. But Up in Smoke is still a very funny movie and set the template that every other movie on our list, with maybe one exception, went on to follow. Dan's not here! Pulling a big hit at number seven is Pineapple Express. Every now and then, a stoner com comes along, and there are four of them on this list, that appeals to people across the board, regardless of their actual THC levels. And Pineapple Express is one of them. First of all, it's hands down the greatest depiction of the dealer-buyer relationship in a pre-legal world that I've ever seen committed to camera. James Franco's lonely, chatty, and emotionally needy dealer trying to forge even the most remote semblance of a real friendship with Seth Rogen's distant introvert just looking to get some weed so he can go home and get high in front of the TV is handled with enough balance of truth and humor to make even the most cynical viewer feel badly for both of them. And then the two of them teamed up in a dangerous situation with cops and crooks is even better. The scene alone where James Franco's foot goes through the windshield and he has to continue to drive the car would have landed the movie somewhere on our list. 
add to that one of the most Danny McBride-esque performances you'll ever see in a Danny McBride appearance, and some genuinely awesome fight scenes and action sequences that are honestly better than anything in the last eight Lethal Weapon movies combined, and you've got one of stoner comedies, most enjoyable, and visceral movies. smashing the shit out of tiny cheeseburgers at number six is Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. In 2004, the guy who directed Dude, Where's My Car apparently said to himself, okay, dude, you have made a stoner comedy that is worthy of placing at number nine on the list of all-time funniest stoner comms ever made, but is that really the best you can do? Because I think you might just have a contender for number six, still in the tank. So come on, man, let's get out there and see what we can really do. And thus, Harold and Kumar were born. Like so many stoner comedies, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle is a night in the life story. It takes place over roughly 24 hours in the characters' lives, which if you think about it is a real consistent trend in most stoner comedies. And it's one of the funniest and most satisfying in that style. It's got Two incredibly likable and just kind of offhandedly funny leads. It has fantastic supporting performances, especially from Christopher Maloney, Malin Ackerman, and Ryan Reynolds. And of course, Neil Patrick Harris playing and reinventing himself. This was a time when he recrafted his persona from that guy who used to play the lovable Doogie Howser MD into that guy who's awesome at playing just big fucking next level douchebags. It gave him a whole new career. And Harold and Kumar is... The one movie about weed that actually gives you the munchies just from watching it. And that's good enough to make it our number six. Contact munchies are good. White Castle. Taste is the meaning of White Castle. Without White Castle, every hamburger tastes the same. Now, before we move into our top five funniest stoner comedies of, like, all time, we're going to take a moment to observe the top five funniest stoner characters from movies that aren't stoner comedies. First up is Lance from Pulp Fiction. Now, I know that Lance is a heroin dealer, technically, but he's also the most cordial, laid-back heroin dealer in the whole Tarantino universe, and the reason he's so affable is that he's a big old stoner. He only appears in two scenes in the movie, but one of those two scenes is one of the most memorable scenes of any movie ever made. So he in his bathrobe, his Speed Racer t-shirt, and his big giant 2 a.m. bowl of Fruit Brute cereal earns him a spot at number five. Prank caller, prank caller. Next up at number four is that character Adam Sandler plays, who sees every item on earth as a potential place to hide your weed. So this character was actually created for SNL by Sandler's buddy Rob Schneider, and then Sandler in turn played the character in Schneider's 2002 comedy The Hot Chick which Sandler produced. Now, if that's all too confusing, don't worry about it. Just take another hit, kick back, and relax, and remember that you stashed your weed in the bottom of that bongo drum sitting in the corner of your bedroom. Oh, and you can put your weed in there. And at number three is the character of Marty from Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods is one of those movies that you either love for its unconventional twists and its self-referential meta-comedy, or that you hate for its bullshit mindfuckery that 
pulls the rug out from everything you've ever held near and dear as universal truth. Either way, the one thing we can all agree on is that the character of Marty, the purposely stereotypical stoner with the collapsible bong, is the smartest character in the movie and the one most worthy of being spun off into a full stoner com of his own. Or at least he was. Spoiler alert. In the number two spot of the funniest stoner character in a non-stoner comedy is Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Now, I've never been a huge fan of Fast Times, personally. I know that's blasphemous to some comedy nerds, but even as a kid, I found its attempts at blending raunchy teen comedy with a more serious-minded, angsty drama to be a little uneven and contrived. But I have always loved Sean Penn's ridiculously loopy portrayal of pot-smoking valley boy Jeff Spicoli. There's just something about the way he says aloha. Aloha, Mr. Han. Gets me every time. And the number one funniest stoner in a non-stoner comedy is Brad Pitt's Floyd in the Quentin Tarantino scripted True Romance. Already a household name after star-making turns in Thelma and Louise, A River Runs Through It, and California, Pitt's admiration of the True Romance script led him to vie for the small role, knowing that he could make it funny and memorable. He basically just wanted to be a part of it. He loved the screenplay so much. And he played the part to a hilarious tee, in a whole crop of great characters played by amazing actors delivering awesome lines, Pitt's dizzy, honey bear bong-smoking dude who just wants people to stay a while, hang out, and get high, still stands out and provides some of the movie's best comic relief. And now, a brief word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the Comedy Nerdcast. I'm your host, Matthew Patrick Berry, and... We're now continuing on with our list of the top 10 funniest stoner comedies of, like, all time. We're up to the top five. And fully loaded at number five is Half-Baked. It's a shame Dave Chappelle hasn't made more movies, but Half-Baked makes up in large part for that indiscretion. And despite the fact that it features two of my absolute least favorite comedic actors of all fucking time, what's good about it makes up for their horrible unholy presences. And the best thing about it, of course, is Chappelle. His performance as a stoner at a crossroads in life is both exceptionally funny and it's unexpectedly poignant. And the script by Chappelle and his usual partner in comedy, Neil Brennan, is top-notch 90s comedy full of sitcom-y predicaments, ironic twists, and the usual 90s plethora of old pop culture references. And the wealth of fun cameo appearances alone is so rich that they almost warrant a sequel just to see what those characters alone are up to. Also, the sequence where all the different types of smokers are detailed is as funny a montage as you'll find in any movie in this genre. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the ending and it's uncharacteristically Hollywood morality, but if you can forgive having to suffer through and for an hour and a half, then I can overlook the unnecessary anti-weed finale. Otherwise, Half-Baked still holds up. Lighting up at the number four spot is The Big Lebowski. I'll be honest, I don't know if The Big Lebowski technically qualifies as a stoner comedy, but it's a hell of a movie to get high and space out to. 
Jeff Bridges the Dude is the quintessential middle-aged stoner thrown into a quintessentially overcomplicated Raymond Chandler-like plot, and the results are trippy and hilarious. Plus, anyone who hates the Eagles as intensely as the dude does is okay in my book. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Blazing a trail at number three is Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Let's face it, Cheech and Chong are funnier the weirder the story they're in is, and it does not get much weirder than Nice Dreams. The tale of two stoners selling weed from an ice cream truck, the duo's third movie involves practically every drug there is. There's a cocaine-snorting Paul Rubens, a Cheech enduring an extended LSD nightmare, and a strain of marijuana that turns people into lizards. It's one of the strangest movies ever made and never would have gotten out of the pitch meeting if it starred anyone else. It is, though, as any great drug comedy should be, hypnotic in its weird rambling story and hilarious for all the oddest reasons. It also manages to evoke laughs from some distinctly disturbing images and ideas. And more than any other movie on this list, Nice Dreams truly draw sick humor from the reckless, chaotic, and out-of-control behavior on people who were mixing the wrong drugs and the insane misadventures they find themselves tumbling through. It's the stoner com equivalent of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and truly represents the godfathers of ganja at their deliriously spaced out best. Meeting up at the old moon tower for an after-party kegger and to find their place in our list at number two, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused is the only movie on our list that doesn't take place in that spoofy, absurdist world where nearly all other stoner comms live. So its laughs aren't derived from cartoony characters or silly sight gags. Dazed and Confused, more than any other stoner com, finds its humor and the things that actually make you laugh in real life when you're hanging out high with your friends. It comes from funny people saying funny things, goofy people being goofy, and the kinds of ventures that kids get up to when they're old enough to run the streets unsupervised. Characters like Matthew McConaughey's Wooderson, Parker Posey's Darla, and Ben Affleck's O'Bannon are funny because they're like people you knew growing up. And the intentionally verite-like plot is amusingly absorbing because... It has the feel of real small-town cruising, hanging out, and hooking up. The movie also makes exceptionally effective use of looking back both fondly and amusingly at the laid-back culture of the 70s, as it appeared from the laid-back seeking culture of the early 90s. And of course, it celebrates weed culture and all its goofy, cool glory, and the casually corrupted nature of teen life before and after the ridiculously ineffectual Just Say No years. Just Say No. Now, that's good comedy. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. (laughs) And our choice for the number one funniest stoner comedy of, like, all time? is Friday. So Friday isn't just the funniest stoner comedy ever made, it's just one of the funniest comedies in general, period. 
stacked with one hilarious character after another and enough quotable lines to fill a mid-90s LA phone book. It's responsible for about 420 different slang words and internet catchphrases. Population. Yet another day in the life movie, Friday manages to take a serious look at working class families in a neighborhood plagued by crime and violence without ever veering into melodrama. The tense and touching moments in Friday are truly moving and resonant, but it's the comedy that relentlessly keeps you laughing and coughing. Ice Cube, still a fairly novice actor at that point, grounds the story with a subtle and believable performance as the haplessly unlucky Craig, while a series of supporting characters turn in one funny performance after another. But it's Chris Tucker's manic, high-octave, high-octane Smokey who steals the show in a comedic tour de force that elevates an already great movie to an instant classic. Friday basically has it all. A high-stakes plot, super lovable heroes, highly hateable villains, a seriously viable moral lesson, and true heart. And of course, lots and lots of weed and weed humor. And that's why it's our number one choice for the funniest owner comedy of all time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Comedy Nerdcast and that you tell your friends and drug buddies about us. And I did want to take a moment to say, I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy right now. This is the part of the episode normally where a lot of hosts would get sanctimonious and say, now if you're going to smoke, Smoke responsibly and don't drive. But first of all, I never saw anybody so high with marijuana that they couldn't drive. So there's that. But also, who are we kidding? Nobody's doing much driving at the moment. So I'll just say, smoke it if you've got it. Stay safe and sane while we're all stuck inside. And if you ever need to talk, high or otherwise, you can find me and the other comedy nerds in the Comedy Nerd Facebook group. Seriously, we're always there now and need people to talk to. Come and join us. And with that, I bid you a fond au revoir. And remember, Yemen isn't just a country. It's also what you say to a guy when he offers you a puff of his joint. So happy 420, smokers, jokers, and midnight tokers for the Comedy Nerdcast. I'm Matthew Patrick Berry, wishing you nice dreams. Comedy nerd.